the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Lot has a house in Sodom. While Abraham lived in a tent in Hebron. Lot had a house. Abraham had a tent. Hebrews 11 says Abraham dwelt in a tent his whole life because he was looking forward to the city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was living for heaven, not for this world, while Lot was living for this world and not for heaven. And he was at home here. He was settled in Sodom. And the question I have for you is, are you living for heaven or are you living for this world? Today, Pastor Dan continues teaching through the book of Genesis. The story of Abraham and Lot within this book is an intriguing one. Though neither were perfect, they held differing views when it came to living in this world. Abraham pitched a tent knowing that this world was not his final home. While Lot bought himself a house and settled into a sinful city. If you were asked if you were either Lot or Abraham in this scenario, who would you say that you were? Are you living for heaven or for this world? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Beginning in verse 1 now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn in to your servant's house and spend the night, wash your feet, and then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, and so they turned into him and entered his house. And then he made them a feast, and he baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter of the city surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said, This one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. And so they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. 
Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And so Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, get up, get out of this place, for the Lord, Yahweh, will destroy this city But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. And when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. And then Lot said to them, please know my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar, which means little city. And the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. And then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And so he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw and behold the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. And sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. And then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. And so they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. And it happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. And then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose, thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. Firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. 
And he is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. And he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. So today in chapter 19, we have the judgment of Sodom and we have the decline of Lot. This chapter is the last time we're going to see Lot in the book of Genesis. He's mentioned elsewhere in the Bible, but at this point, Lot passes off the scene. And, you know, this is not a very good final chapter for Lot, as we see here. Now, Lot and the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah are referenced by Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Uh, In Luke chapter 17, Jesus said, speaking of his second coming, For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by his generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, even so Will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed? By the way, Jesus believed both the story of Noah's flood and the story of Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. He believed they were real historical events that actually happened, just as the Bible says. And his teaching on his second coming, he ties to those events as historical, literal, real events that actually happen, telling us, that the second coming of Jesus Christ is a literal, real, historical event that will happen. And Jesus said, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, you know, people were living their lives as normal when God's judgment rained down on Sodom. They weren't expecting it to happen. You know, they were just going about business as usual, right? Going to Starbucks in Sodom in the morning, doing their grocery shopping at Aldi, in the afternoon when God began to rain down judgment upon that city. And Jesus said, that's how it will be when he judges the earth in the last days. It's going to be just like that. Now, if you remember last week in chapter 18, the Lord God and the two angels visited with Abraham before going to Sodom. And they were going to Sodom to investigate the sin of Sodom. And notice in verse 1, now they leave Abraham... And they go to Sodom. But notice in verse 1, the Lord God doesn't go into Sodom himself. Only the two angels do. The Lord God doesn't set foot in that city. And it says in verse 1 again, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. And notice Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. That's an important detail. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face Toward the ground. So Lot is sitting in the city gate of Sodom. The city gate is where the elders or the judges of a city sat. Uh, If you had a legal dispute with someone, with your neighbor, for example, you would go to the city gate of your city, and there you would find the judges and the elders of the city, and you would present your case before the elders of the city, and they would judge your case. 
The fact that Lot is sitting in the city gate of Sodom tells us that Lot was a leader of the city of Sodom. He was now a city official in Sodom. Now, in the New Testament, Peter describes Lot as righteous. He calls him righteous Lot. But as we look at his life here, there's not much in his life that looks righteous to us. Not at this point. Lot is an example of a worldly, compromised believer. Lot's neither hot nor cold toward God. He's lukewarm. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message. There are people who trust Christ, but then not much in their life changes. Not much in their life is transformed. They have salvation. They've put their faith in Christ and His death and resurrection. They've got their ticket to heaven, but nothing's really different about their life. Nothing looks different about their life from before. You know, Alan Redpath said a person can have a saved soul and a wasted life. And that was Lot. A saved soul and a wasted life. Lot was worldly. Lot was compromise. And Lot's worldliness didn't happen overnight. He didn't wake up one morning and suddenly decide, I think I'm going to be a leader in the city of Sodom. It's not how it works. Sadly, as we've looked at the life of Lot, there's a downward progression that we can trace in Lot's life that has brought him to this point where he is sitting in the city gate of Sodom as a leader of that city. There's a history that got us here. Back in chapter 13, when Abraham and Lot parted ways. Remember that story? They had too many sheep, too large of flocks, and so they've got to go their separate ways. And Abraham graciously defers to Lot and tells Lot, you can pick where you want to live and I'll go the other direction. And it says that Lot looked towards Sodom. Sodom looked good to Lot. It appealed to the eyes. And then Lot separated from Abraham and he began to move toward Sodom. And then he pitched his tent on the outskirts of Sodom. In chapter 14, verse 12, Lot moved into the city of Sodom and was living in the city. Now he's in leadership. Now he's in a leadership position in Sodom. So first he looked, then he headed toward, then he moved closer, then he moved in, and now he's a leader. There's always a gradual, subtle progression toward compromise and worldliness. It's always a result of a series of small choices we make, and each choice on its own may not seem like that big of a deal, but over time, all those little choices, they add up, and they can have great ramifications in our life. But it's one little choice at a time. It's one little compromise at a time. Lot was sitting in the gate of the city of Sodom. He saw these two angels enter the city through the gate. And it seems that Lot thought they were men and didn't realize they were angels. And 
It says that Lot rose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground before them. And verse 2, he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. We talked about hospitality in chapter 18. You know, this expectation of hospitality that was customary in that culture and it's still customary in a lot of parts of the Middle East. So Lot invites these two men, even though they're strangers, he invites these two men, these angels, to stay the night in his home as his guest. By the way, notice that Lot has a house in Sodom, while Abraham lived in a tent in Hebron. Lot had a house. Abraham had a tent. Hebrews 11 says, Abraham dwelt in a tent his whole life because he was looking forward to the city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was living for heaven, not for this world, while Lot was living for this world and not for heaven. And he was at home here. He was settled in Sodom. And the question I have for you is, are you living for heaven or are you living for this world? Are you living for heaven or are you living for this world? Lot was living for this world and not for the next. And Lot invited these two angels to stay the night with him in his house. And the two, the two angels, the two men said, no, we'll, we'll just spend the night in the open square, in the middle of town. And Lot knew the, how violent and wicked his city was and that it was unsafe for two strangers to dwell out in the open in the city square and spend the night in the city square. Uh, and, and so Lot, in verse 3, Lot insisted strongly. So they turned into him and, and entered his house, and then he made them a feast, and he baked unleavened bread, and they ate. And so they, he invites them in. Listen to what it says in Second Peter chapter 2 about Lot living in Sodom. It says, Righteous Lot was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless of Sodom. And he was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and he heard. Lot was distressed and tormented by what he saw and heard in Sodom. By their depraved conduct, by the shamelessness of their sin, the excess, the unbridled behavior of the people, the men in particular, in Sodom. And that's often how it is for, for a believer who is compromised and worldly. They are tormented being around worldliness and sin. There's a conviction there. They don't really enjoy it because they know it's wrong. You know, they've got too much of God to enjoy the world and too much of the world to enjoy their relationship with God. That's a miserable place to be. That was a lot. Verse 4, it says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, now watch what it says here, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter of the city surrounded Lot's house. And they called to Lot and they said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them Carnally, all of the men of the city, both young and old, show up at Lot's house and they demand these men come out and they want to take these men to rape them. This shows the depravity of this city, just how depraved the city of Sodom had become. And all the men are there, all the men of the city. This is, I mean, this is widespread, normal, acceptable behavior in Sodom, where almost all the men in the town show up at Lot's house to participate. In this. this is why God's going to judge this city. 
This isn't the only reason why God's going to judge this city. But this is just evidence of why God will judge this city. Just the violent, unbridled sexual desire shows the depth of the depravity of the people of Sodom. You know, Romans chapter 1 talks about God giving people over to their sinful desires and their sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. That was Sodom. They were given over. They were given over to their sexual depravity. You know, the good news is that God can redeem anyone. God can redeem anyone from their sin. And it doesn't matter what that sin is. It doesn't matter how depraved that sin may be. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross paid for that sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ forgives that sin and cleanses that sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ has the power to give that person new life and set them free from their sin, whatever the sin may be. There's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's not the wonderful part, okay? (laughs) The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, he says. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he gives us this list. And then he says, I love this, and such were some of you. Past tense. He doesn't say, and such are some of you. He says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you, but not anymore. It doesn't describe who you are anymore now that you're in Christ and Jesus has washed away your sins and you've been sanctified and justified by him and you've been forgiven and you've been made new in Jesus Christ. That's who you used to be, but Jesus Christ has set you free. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful that there's forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, no matter what the sin may be? So these men show up. They demand that these two men be sent out so that they can know them carnally. And so Lot went out to them through the doorway. He shuts the door behind him. You can picture that in your mind. And watch what he says. He says, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. Lot says, please, my brethren. My brethren? My brothers? Lot calls them my brethren? Righteous Lot? This shows just how compromised Lot had become living in Sodom. He is a friend of the world you know, the Apostle Paul says, what fellowship does righteousness have with lawlessness? And he goes on in verse 8 to say, See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. What in the world? He offers his two virgin daughters to this crowd of men. So the men of the city can abuse them and do whatever they want with his own daughters. He's willing to hand over his daughters to the men of the city. It's just unthinkable that he would do this. Lot has lost his moral compass living in Sodom. 
He's been living in Sodom so long that the values of Sodom have rubbed off on him and shaped his decisions for his family. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.